live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in to your Thursday morning, July 27th. 2023 we are starting out your day uh toasty already pretty still out there 79 degrees and your dew point right now that takes the cake 77 for that dew point right now and look at so, that heat index it's, it's all i've got it at 87 is that what you're looking I'm at i'm seeing 88 88 well same yeah, roughly same. the same Roughly the same, and uh, more of the same coming. Yeah, d- typical for t- typical for Nebraska summers to get days like this, but it doesn't make it doesn't make it uh, less uncomfortable. I would say out of this whole thing. And yesterday, as Mark mentioned in the news, uh, you, we ended up with a heat index instead of at one oh nine, one ten, one eleven. We were at one seventeen yesterday. That's, that that's as uh, demonstrative as I'd ever seen Ken Shimmick when he was talking about a 117. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So if you say this is just a typical thing that we see every single summer, Ken Shimmick doesn't act like it. So keep well, that in mind. <laughs> what, keep that in mind. What uh, my sister dropped me at the I was in Phoenix and Los Angeles for a couple of days. My sister dropped me at the Phoenix airport yesterday morning, and they were having expecting a high of 113. I said, well, it's going to be nice to get back to some cooler weather. We're only going to be about 110. I texted her when I got home and I said, nope, we got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Even beat Phoenix. That'll tell you something. Uh, that is, that's amazing. So uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to continue that today, as Mark indicated. Uh, maybe, I mean, listen, uh, you, you take victories when you can get them. Maybe a little better. I'm looking, I'm looking at the... Uh, Hourly forecast today, Mark, and it's got the heat index tipping up at 107. I mean, that's 10 degrees less than we were yesterday. If that's actually the case, that would be that would be all right. But if if you have these dew points staying where they are, uh, you're going to be up yeah. in the 100 teens. And, and there's a slight chance of a, a shower or two this morning even developing with these cloudy skies. Not much. Yeah. But if we get any more moisture, that's just going to exacerbate it now. There are excessive heat advisories that are now posted for just to the south and southwest of us, very close to us. So we're okay. still in a in a heat advisory, but excessive heat warning uh, down to the south and west. So and those are so, so so the, the warnings. So those are more significant. Yes. is what you're saying. Yes. So um, yeah, uh, and it's 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 basically the same tomorrow um temperatures topping out you know about this depending on what your forecast you look at both days right around 100 um it, maybe heat indexes indices a little bit warmer yesterday because of or excuse me tomorrow because uh it is uh, right now looking like they've got a slightly higher dew point humidity level that's factored into that but uh you're, you're talking about one around 110 both days in terms of the heat index and that's what it was supposed to be yesterday when we got 117 so maybe we'll end up being closer than that a little relief uh starting on saturday uh saturday does look i mean saturday looks like a you know a, a hot summer day but you're going to have a lot more significant breeze during the day on Saturday. Uh, the humidity is going to be down just a touch. Temperature is going to be down about 
eight, nine degrees from where it's going to be. And so uh, the heat indexes that we're talking about are going to be more like the low 90s instead of the 110s, which might feel pretty good. Yeah, especially if a little breeze. Yeah, so. and it, that breeze does look significant. And then same same as the case on Sunday, and then but then warming uh, up next week. And then yeah, we'll see we'll see about next week. It's a bit it's a bit early on. The on National that. Weather Service did issue a new uh, updated advisory list with new maps that excessive heat warning, which is by the way, just Gage County is in it. And so is Saline and York counties so that's how close it is yeah i'm looking at it it's, but, uh, it's to that, the west and then to map, the south that map and all of that in uh, information you can find at klin.com right now all right so uh so that's i guess that's the latest it's not it's not awesome news for the next couple of days but it is kind of what you get in summer usually in the uh in lincoln nebraska at some point and we'll be getting that now i'm trying to be i'm trying to be mindful of that i'm trying to be mindful of that you got to balance the people you, you got you got different types of people you got the what do you expect people saying hey don't overreact to things that happen every single year at this time of year and then you've got the people who say this is horrendous uh this is terrible yeah. i hate it back in the I'm 30s in i think it must have been the journal star that posted that picture of People sleeping out on yes. the Capitol grounds back in the 30s. Tim and I talked about that yesterday, 1936, July 25th, 1936. Actually, there's a, a climatology report uh, at foxnewsthis.com, uh, and it said even though it's this heat wave is, is so oppressive, uh, there are several instances in the past 100 or so years where it's been worse across the U.S. Sure. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Well. So- just there you go. A little. Wait, are you? Is this a climate change point? I'm just telling you what the, that it was a pretty interesting article because they they used the stats oh, from the right. National Weather Service. I'm so. just trying to figure out what it's going to be like in Lincoln the next few days here at this point. Um, hot, hot. Yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, all right, what it, else do we it have? Wasn't tough. I saw they. Uh, I saw they busted out at the uh, governor's press conference. They busted out like the uh, publisher's clearinghouse size check yeah. yesterday. Um, a press conference on the. Uh, I mean, this was something that happened back during the legislative session, but in infusion of dollars into Nebraska's public schools and among the things that happened at this was they got the big giant check and they wrote. A check out to Nebraska students in the amount of uh, what was the number? I forgot the amount that it was. It was written out uh, in the in the amount a of a significant significant amount of dollars, uh, and it was it was signed there. So one billion. It was a billion dollars. It was the prop check, and the governor signed it there at this point. But the, so you've got you you've got these new bills that have been passed now a handful of different efforts on regulations and regulations i should say about 1500 per student to school districts long-term education future fund aid for special ed capping the amount of tax dollars that schools can ask for goes along with that too so we'll see we'll see what that whole thing happens but yes it was a it was a press conference i i suppose kind of given the timing that we're at here mark right now uh, with kids heading back to school in the next couple of weeks, it was a germane time to do something like this in the eyes of in the eyes of the state government. At least. Well, they're they're also uh, trying to uh, educate the public on the school funding and the education opportunity uh, scholarship ah, fund. Gotcha. That's uh, you know the oh, well, the, that's why it's the, useful. Decline to sign 
a lot yes. of the uh, uh, as those that are opposed to that education fund, primarily the Nebraska State Education Association. Right. Um, and so this was a an effort to make the point that the twenty five million for the education fund does not affect school funding. All right, that there is still still funding happening, and that should be taken into account, I suppose, when right. making your decision on what to do on that petition uh, referendum that's going on right now. And boy, and I'll tell you what, Mark, I uh, it is. I bet I have run into petition uh, signature gatherers on that thing in the last two weeks. I hadn't at all until about two weeks ago, and now I have probably four or five times in that time. So they, I don't know, they must be ramping it up, it seems like. Well, uh, I would, the yeah, the, at this point. those that are opposed to um, the petition, five, in five, most seven, cases, three. it's both, it's both sides, by okay. the way. So, yeah. I believe they're both using uh, paid circulators. Yeah. It's, well, I, I told this story, maybe you were here when I did, but one of the places that it happened it was very confusing to tell who was doing which and it was it was well, yeah, coming good. upon it coming upon it it looked like they were all part of the same team you you wouldn't have necessarily known that they were part of different teams they had signs and t-shirts and stuff that sort of seemed to be giving a similar message that was more of a general positive message about supporting students and supporting schools um and so yeah if you do if you if you do have a position on that make sure you 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 sign make sure you sign the right one um yeah and there's been some instances where there have been charges that uh not those that it hasn't been totally truthful on both sides so yeah all right be careful so we got that. Hey, I, I, we had we had this just uh, at the end of the show. I guess we had it in the morning drive yesterday a little bit, Mark. But uh, it sounds like uh, Redway is already going to be making some changes to the flight service out of Lincoln and discontinuing a few of the flights that they decided to offer not that long ago. June. Because, yeah, yeah June. My goodness. So it's two months worth of flights. Two months. Two months. Not even two months. Of flights that they are going to be pulling back. No more flights because there has not been demand to go to Minneapolis, Atlanta, and Austin. Now, they say that, hey, it's just those flights. It's just because there weren't demands for those specific flights. There have been demands for the other flights or at least enough to do them on a seasonal basis. We're also going to add still one other destination for the winter that's going to be, quote, jaw-dropping, unquote. But I don't know, Mark. It is just just given the history of of flights and you know new flights coming to the city and then not staying. It is a little bit hard not to see this as an ominous sign. I hope I'm wrong on this whole thing, but well, I think but the other we'll see. the other thing that comes into play here is this is a different uh, air airline model. This is, you know, the scheduled charters as opposed to regularly scheduled service. Correct, yeah. So they're able to make these changes as market conditions warrant. Maybe that's a feature, and, not a bug. And yeah, yeah. And and so they they make these changes much faster if the markets are not responding. So I um I'm not shocked that they weren't filling flights to Austin. I'm not either. You know, this time um, of year. Now the winter time, I could see Austin maybe. Being, Maybe, but I don't, and and then Minneapolis less, I think Minneapolis, I mean, I guess every single week might be a lot, but I'm a little little more surprised that they're not, not it's, Minneapolis is the most surprising of those three. I uh, think that's that the least problems. surprising to me. Actually. Is it to yep. you? 
it, just it's, it's because the, it's drivable? It's the closest. And, you know, by the time you go to the airport, fly, get your luggage, uh, if you've got it, get a rental car. Or, right. Know, you can almost be there and have your own vehicle. Right. So now here's the thing that stinks is, um, well, anybody who had a flight planned on any of these going forward, but first one that I thought of was, of course, the, uh, the, the trip to the Nebraska football game in Minneapolis that they apparently w- weren't selling that well because they were trying to do a buy one, get one, yeah. uh, get one free or get one half off deal. I can't remember which it was, but it was even, one. even including those flights to, to Minneapolis. So I don't know that there were a ton of people who were doing it, but, if there was anyone who had that kind of as the linchpin of their plan to get to that game, they're, they've got to be scrambling right now to figure that out for one month from right now because they're gone as of what August next 8th. week, next week. Yeah. Uh, the first, the first week of August. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's like, like, like you said, uh, Mark, um, this is kind of the freedom they've got to do this. This isn't the same as, you know, completely pulling out like they did. Remember, Delta had a flight to Atlanta that they got rid of years ago here. It's not necessarily like that. They're staying around for the time being, um, hopefully for a long time, but it's hard not to hear it if you're someone who wants that to be a robust system um, and not have some concern yeah, here the, at this point. You know, if the, it, just because it was so quick. Well, you know, that's that's their, the, they're able to make those changes because of the type of service they offer. So. Yeah. The, I, I, and you heard about uh, you know another type of service like that, Allegiant. You heard about their flight from Phoenix to Grand Island earlier this week. No, was, oh, they had to turn one around. Yeah, it was a half hour out of Grand Island and had to go back to Phoenix. Yeah, I uh, did. What was the problem? Uh, the ASOS system, the Automatic uh, Weather Reporting System, AWOS, uh, Automatic Weather Observation System, mm-hmm. was down, and commercial flights they. Uh, uh, Allegiant wouldn't land without current weather. Interesting. Yeah. And they've been, you know, they've got those going out of Grand Island. They've done Vegas to Grand Island. I mean, that's and been Dallas. a similar thing. Um, I guess the question is what destination, if you have a single weekly, you know, flight and return to a city, which cities can Lincoln support to do that? Um, is it just Orlando and Vegas? Are there other ones? Are there other cities probably that are seasonal, out there? Probably seasonally. Uh, Phoenix would be, uh, and then that's one of them that they're adding, yeah, and and probably another Florida, and they're they're adding Tampa, and then Dallas and Nashville will be paused for the winter, but their plan at least is to to start it next summer. I'm just trying to think which destinations would be, you know, would be the ones that would continually be continually be used. Um, so I'm and and, and I don't. I don't know. Again, the only one, the other one that I I think of, and I don't know if it would be used enough, but the next place I'd say is maybe Washington D.C. That's that's about the only other one that I can think of where I think there might be enough interest in it. Yeah, and I'm not sure that they can get landing slots in D.C. And that could be that very well, well could that's, be. That's but odd. it's at least it's interesting just to kind of think of all of the destinations in the country and which ones would there be the most demand for because those are the ones obviously that you're going to want and. I think it's Orlando and Vegas. I, th- I mean, I think that's yeah, that's what it is. Um, but if there are any other ones, they're going to probably try to find those as well. And then uh, yesterday, Big Ten Media Days. Uh, wow, a lot, a lot going on yesterday. I'm about to run over some of it. 
coming up here in sports. We know more now about the Nebraska schedule for next year. We've got some more game times couple as games well. on NBC, right? couple of games on NBC for the first time. Nebraska's been on there in a long time. It's been a lot of years since Nebraska's been on NBC. We've got uh, Nebraska's first opponent, Minnesota. They're going to be at the Big Ten Media Days today, speaking P.J. Fleckwell as, as well as Matt Rule, but Article on P.J. Fleck and the culture that he has in the Minnesota football program. I would say it's not. Um, it's it's less. It's less a, a a list of huge abuses. Although maybe some would debate a few of them. It's more just like weird culty stuff going around, going around on there that may not what? be abusive, but just weird. But the, you know, we'll, what's he doing? Serving lutefisk to the team. It's, well, there was one one of the things in the story said that it is uh, he requires of all of his team that every time he walks in a room and they're there, they're, 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 that they applaud him, which is not which is not abuse, but it is like I said, kind of annoying. I would guess so. That's, that's we'll the way it is with you around here. We yeah, right. Applaud. We yeah, have to stand. That's totally standing true. ovation for you. Oh, and then and then by the way, Matt Rule made good the whole of volleyball breakfast controversy. Somehow he ended up with the volleyball team while they were eating a meal. Uh, and had his picture taken with them and posted it yesterday. And now I think everybody feels like it's. They were all smiling. Everything looked good and happy. So maybe that thing is all over with the with one tweet of Matt Rule here. And this whole thing is uh, maybe the Nebraska controversy, which seems fairly tame compared to the other controversies that the other universities. You've seen some of the uh, Journal Star discussion about Northwestern. Yeah, I saw Amy just yeah. had a pretty scathing story. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amy just and then and then the other thing is it, it looks like Colorado may be going back to the Big Twelve from the Pac twelve. Their regents are meeting today. A lot of scuttlebutt about that, and so we can hit on that as well uh, a little bit later. Today. What do you think about no classes on uh, Nash, or on volleyball day? <laughs> yeah, my son is happy. I was yeah. talking to him. His first, he hasn't even started classes at the university. He's already got a snow day, basically. <laughs> Except it's going to probably be beautiful. Uh, they got a day to tailgate. I suppose. All right, that's what's going on this morning at 626. A little bit later, we're going to give away tickets to the train concert. That's at 710. we got the morning drive. Uh, Grow Lincoln. Greg Sharp returns today as well. So busy Thursday on KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 
All right, 636, it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Jack Mitchell along with Johnny Cadillac in the KLIN studios. Johnny behind the board in for Caleb Henry. Caleb returns on Monday, and we got Mark Vale back with us today in the KLIN newsroom. Before I jump in to the sound off, I do want to remind, because we had some texters who were asking, uh, tried to mention it several times, but might have missed you, uh, the... Request line Friday theme this week. I'm calling it audio air conditioning. And this is going to be one where I give you a lot of leeway on this thing. It's not quite general, but it's sort of in that range. But it's any song that you can feel of that you feel like just kind of brings the temperature down. We were at a 117 heat index yesterday. We'll probably be in the 100 uh, teens today. Likely could be in the 100 teens once again tomorrow in terms of that heat index. Obviously, it is the hottest time of the year. And so we want to know what that song might be. And this could mean a lot of different things that just cools you down, right? Maybe it's just the groove. Maybe it's how it sounds. Maybe it's something very literal with the lyrics, if that's what you like. Maybe it's just a band that you like. Uh, maybe it's about being at the, the, the beach and in the water, that sort of thing. Uh, my only my only caveat as the founder uh, of Request Line Friday and using my powers for such is that we're not doing Christmas songs, okay? We are not doing Christmas songs, so that's, no. I, I, that's just me. That's an executive decision. But other than that, however you interpret it, um, and maybe it's just a song that you like and that makes you feel better, that's totally cool, too. So text those in to 402-479-1400. Got a decent list already, a good variety. I'm just it's gonna be fun to see what everybody comes up with with our audio air conditioning edition of Request Line Friday. So get those in and don't wait too long. Again, don't wait too long. We don't want to jam you away at the end of the show when I can only play a little bit. We don't even get to the best part of the song, and I'm saying things like, ah, really wish we could get to the chorus of this one. Uh, because that's what happens when you wait till the last minute. All right, we got a lot to get into in the sound off today, so why don't we get started on that? Um, let's see, where should we start here? I'm missing one that I thought I had here. Uh, anyway, well, why don't we start then, since I don't have the one that I thought that I had. Oh, here it is. Here's the one. I want to start with Hunter Biden. We'll get that one out of the way first. Uh, so it was his his plea deal that he made with the federal government that did get some criticism uh, some believe that it was too light, um, but he was going to plead guilty to a couple of charges, and uh, the, and and he was going to um, not serve any jail time because of it. Was discussed yesterday in federal court, and for the time being, we'll get some more explanation on this. But for the time being, it is on hold. Right now, let's find out exactly why that is the case. Hunter Biden's expected plea deal falling apart in court yesterday as he pled not guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and a felony gun charge. Now, the deal would have allowed Hunter to avoid jail time for the gun charge by pleading guilty to the tax crimes, but the judge did not accept the plea agreement, questioning its constitutionality. At one point, the judge saying, quote, I have concerns about this agreement. I can't let him plead to something if he thinks he has protection from something and he doesn't. The initial deal crumbled over two sticking points, whether Hunter could face additional future charges and whether his tax crimes could be decoupled from the felony gun charge while addicted to a controlled substance. 
Yeah, well, one of the big points of this is the judge essentially said, wait, the prosecution here and the defendant have different understandings of what this plea deal means in terms of future prosecution. And if if you're on two different pages about this, I can, in good conscience, let this go forward, among other things. So the the plea agreement and the diversion agreement, which, by the way, you can, is now out. You can now see it, uh, the, the actual text of it. Uh, I don't believe was available anywhere until outlets started to get a hold of it yesterday. But under it, uh, Hunter Biden would plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges, would be able to avoid punishment on a felony gun charge, as she said there, if he stayed out of trouble for two years at that point. And so they're going to have uh, lawyers going to be back in court here in uh, a couple of weeks here at this point, well, a few weeks uh, to to discuss this once again and uh we'll see we'll see those arguments this is a little bit of a a surprise develop development on this i think maybe there was some thought that just going to go into federal court you're going to get a rubber stamp on this thing and it would be it would be over at this time and and the judge at times almost seemed upset that she was being asked to be a, a rubber stamp on this whole thing so they're going to give her more information that could be within, I said, the next couple of weeks, it's going to be the next six weeks that that will ha- happen. Um, she also said, without me saying I'll agree to the plea agreement, how do you still plea on, plead on this thing? And Biden said, not guilty to that one. Um, so he's got a not guilty plea in there now. The expectation is if they can get a new agreement or the information that's there and the current agreement satisfied the judge, you would expect that he'll change that back to guilty and uh, we'll go on on this whole thing. So uh, interesting deal there, but that is not wrapped up like some people thought it would be. Now, also going on yesterday relating to the federal government was a hearing that got a lot of attention going into it. We discussed it here on this show and it was about unidentified flying objects, Perhaps the government harboring secretly parts of crashed, unidentified flying objects and perhaps even extraterrestrial beings. Uh, It seems like crazy stuff, but they were discussing it right in the halls of Congress yesterday. Former intelligence officer David Grush, who claims he led the task force for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency looking into unidentified aerial phenomena, was asked under oath if the government has UAPs in its possession. Uh, absolutely based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. Grush saying at a House oversight hearing on UAPs, he knows the exact locations where they're being kept, and those locations were given to the inspector general. He tells lawmakers the U.S. government became aware of non-human intelligence in the 1930s. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, so just to, just to say that again, this former U.S. intelligence official who testified... He said there is, he is absolutely certain that the federal government is in possession of UAPs, which is the, the term that they, they're using. We said UFOs, but UAPs is what they call it. He says he's done 40 witnesses. You heard it there. Interviews with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. And he was informed of a multi-decade Pentagon program that endeavored to collect and reconstruct crashed u.s uaps i believe once in the if i remember this correctly in the hearing he said it went back to the 1930s at this point 
He says he has not actually personally seen one. He just says he knows of multiple colleagues that were injured by these. He learned about these. He also said he has interviewed individuals who have recovered non-human biologics. Biologics? Biologics? I'm not sure exactly how you say that word. But, but biology, but biologics. Um, he likes the term, he uses the term non-human instead of alien or extraterrestrial. And so he got a question by one of the people on the panel. Say, okay, let's substantiate this. Give me more information on this. And he said he couldn't divulge specific details. Once again, claiming the information was too sensitive to share with the public. But he said, I have to be very careful what I personally witnessed myself and my wife was very disturbing. Pentagon says this is all false, by the way. So, um, yeah. And then you had another uh, uh, person who testified, another witness who testified in there, David Fravor, Fravor former Navy commander. Um, he said he and his uh, three fellow military pilots spotted a white tic-tac-shaped object in 2004 hovering below their jets and above the Pacific Ocean. They descended to inspect the object. He claims that then the unified, unified flying tic-tac um, had no visible rotors, wings, exhaust. He said it began to ascend and approach the fighter jet. And then he said it vanished only to reappear a few seconds later, but this time it was spotted 60 miles away. Huh? He said the technology we faced is far superior to anything we have, and there's nothing that we can do about it. Nothing. What? Like, I know I kind of talk about this a little bit like tongue in cheek because it's hard not to. But are there people like are people listening to this right now that are like, hey, we really need to we really need to get this transparent here from the federal government if if we're dealing with I mean, I, I hate to use the term, but like aliens and spaceships. If if we're if we're does the, is the government really doing this? Are they trying to reconstruct these things? Is this like an actual concern when you guys hear this thing? Because I don't quite know what to do with it at this point. Because they're Without a doubt, without a doubt, it sounds like something that's outlandish. But you also hear these witnesses yesterday, and it's hard to completely dismiss them out of hand just because of just because there's some level of convincingness that they bring to the table, and because they've, you know, they've they've, they've held significant significant titles and the way that they describe it in in some cases, in some cases not is does not make you want to just completely out of hand dismiss the entire thing but curious what do you guys think about this whole thing is like is this an actual concern could this be a race in the 20 uh issue in the 2024 presidential race i'll be the president that finally declassifies or gets clear all of the information that's out there about ufos they've been rebuilding these spaceships since the 1930s seriously Anyway, what else do we have going on? Um, the scary, concerning moment yesterday uh, for Mitch McConnell. I don't know if you saw this on any of the 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 news shows or radio clips of this thing. Yeah, but Mitch McConnell just got up to speak to press as 
he you know has hundreds of times during his his position there as the Republican leader in the Senate and something went wrong to the point where he just completely froze for an uncomfortably long period of time. McConnell began his press conference. He spoke for about 12 seconds about the defense bill and then just stalled. We're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of... uh, uh... McConnell froze for 18 seconds. Senators asked if he was okay. McConnell then just walked away. He then returned and said he was fine. McConnell suffered a fall earlier this year and was out for weeks, but he's back now. Yeah, he just, I mean, mid-sentence, you could, you hit one of those words he said, you could tell something wasn't right, one of those last few words that he said, and then it was just awkward silence for, for like he uh, said there, Chad Pergram said there, 18 seconds, and Joni Ernst, I believe, was one of the senators that came up there, like, are you... You okay here? And eventually he was, but um, but not sure exactly what's going on with his health situation right now. Uh, all right, some other things going on here. So Amazon, if if you didn't get enough of using Amazon as a, as a retailer, as getting your music and and movies from, uh, who knows what else? Maybe as a pharmacy, all these different things. You also may now, if you want to, be able to use it as A phone carrier. Could it be a good deal? Is this something worth looking into? The long-awaited phone plan from Amazon has been revealed. There was speculation it would be free for members of Amazon Prime. It's not. However, the Boost Infinite plan from Dish Network promises to deliver unlimited wireless service, talk, text, and data for $25 a month with the price locked forever. Prime members will receive a 20% discount on the SIM kit and a $25 credit toward their first month of service. The company says customers using more than 30 gigabytes a month may experience slower speeds and you need to provide your own unlocked device. Ginny Kosolda, Fox News. So the, the origination, the origination of this, I said that weird origination of this is that T-Mobile acquired Sprint. I know this because I had a Sprint phone. Now I'm on T-Mobile. Um, one of the conditions of the deal, though, is that it had to give Dish Network some wireless spectrum and roaming agreements so Dish could have their own wireless network. So Dish has been building up its infrastructure, but they wanted to have a better retail option. And so they struck a deal with Amazon to sell the unlimited wireless plan that they've got through what's you know the biggest retailer in the world or close to it here. And so they've they've teamed up to sell this new service like she said called boost infinite on amazon's website so normally offers unlimited talk text and data for 25 a month like you but speed is eventually throttled if you go through amazon's store you get the sim kit for 20 bucks instead of 25 still a 25 dollar bill credit included when you activate the phone with 30 days and then after that the monthly price is 25 bucks a month five lines an account that you can do on this and dish says the service is compatible with most uh, most unlocked iPhones, Androids and smartphones. So there you go. Might be an option you want to look into. I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's a good deal or not, but something worth checking out as well. Um then a couple other things that I want to get to here. Uh this Hollywood strike when it comes to the actors and writers strike. Of course, they're doing a lot of the, you know, the the normal issues that come up in in any strike that's 
that has got to do. Um, and it's specifically, you know, it's about payments, but it's particularly as it pertains to streaming residuals and those sorts of things. But one of the things that's a little bit different than what you might normally see either in this industry or past strikes of other industries is the concern about AI. And that's continuing to take more and more front and center, uh, a more and more front and center spot on this whole strike situation in both the cases. Artificial intelligence has surged to the top of the list of woes for the actors and writers on strike in Hollywood, standing alongside more traditional disputes over pay models, benefits, and job protections. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers are the negotiators for the big studio heads like Disney's Bob Iger. The Actors Union has said that the studios want to digitally scan these background actors and have them available in perpetuity. The studio said in a statement in response, it offered an AI proposal which protects performers' digital likenesses, including a requirement for performers' consent for the creation and use of digital replicas. Because Michelle Polino, Fox News. Ah, I mean, like it's you, you're kind of cheer. I don't know about you guys, but you're you're kind of for me. I'm kind of cheering for the for the actors, especially on on this whole thing. Like, do you care if your movies, if your TV shows are filled with uh, AI created extras or even frontline actors that are based off actual actors, but you know they can they can stay at home and the ai is going to create this thing like I, I mean for now there's a part of me that isn't too keen on that although will i even know the difference on this whole thing uh but but that's kind of what they're getting at is just the opportunity that the studios might have is is to use um is is to use ai instead of actual actors in in those situations and and by the way you know if you don't i guess a question that i've got then is what if you create AI AI actors essentially that aren't in the image of an existing actor whatsoever? If it's just the its own unique person, it's not Tom Cruise in AI. It's just an AI superhero. Um, and how long until you get that? I mean, a movie without an actor. And I I don't think that there's anything that the union can do in particular to to avoid something like that. And so. I don't know how much of a full solution this might be, but it would prevent the way that the way that I understand it, it would prevent essentially using the the image, the name and Im- the name, image and likeness to some degree of these actors to uh, to do that. And we'll end on uh, on a sad note, um, a surprising note. Uh, the passing of musician Sinead O'Connor was revealed yesterday by her family. Sinead O'Connor, the gifted singer who captivated the globe with her hit song, The Prince Penned Nothing Compares to You, has died at the age of 56. Her family releasing a statement to the BBC that read, It is with great sadness that we announce the passing of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this very difficult time. The Irish singer burst onto the scene with a signature look and fierce, expressive performances in her mid-20s and changed the face of female musicians. She publicly struggled with her mental health and had four children, one of whom, Shane, committed suicide last year. At the age of 17, she mourned his loss in one of her last tweets. Michelle Polino, Fox News. 6.55 on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Option pitch out to the side. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1,499.3 KLIN. I'll just Malcolm Byron. (laughs) 
It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, 658, time to say hello to Matt Metchar from the Capital Humane Society joining us now. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How are yourself? I am uh, I'm good. Let's hear about the pets that you're featuring this week. So first off, we have Nikki, and so she's an approximately one-year-old Great Pyrenees mixed spade female, and she's solid white in color and only weighs about 55 pounds. So she's certainly on the smaller side, but came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately nobody came looking for her, but very friendly, affectionate pup. Definitely likes to be the center of attention and uh, always leaning up against you to get pets, but she's also done really well at the shelter with other dogs, so... um, if you got another dog at home that likes to play, uh, Nikki can be a great companion for the, for them. All right. What else we have? And then we have Marmalade. So she's about nine years old. She's a domestic short hair spade female, and she's an orange tabby with some white. She's very petite. Uh, she's only about five pounds, and she loves to sit in the window of her colony here at the shelter and keep an eye on all the guests that, that are coming in to look for pets. And so um, she's definitely a... Older cat, but she's got a plenty of life left in her and definitely very uh, active cat still. And so her adoption fee is actually sponsored. Half of it is sponsored by Mary Jo Livingston, and so she qualifies for that adoption promotion. All right. Well, great. Well, check out Capital Humane Society. You can find out more information at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Uh, Matt, we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Have a good one. There you go. Matt Metcharo from the Capital Humane Society. It's 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Placement Project. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. All right, yes, the band that brought you hits such as. Meet Virginia, Drops of Jupiter, Hey Soul Sister, Calling All Angels. They got a lot of hits. They won three Grammys. Goodness sakes. They won three Grammys. Uh, a good get for Pinewood Bowl. Uh, definitely some songs that you'll be able to sing along to. Uh, they are playing at Pinewood Bowl. I actually have three pair of tickets. So if we get a quick winner here on this game, we'll reboot and we'll play this thing again. But since the band is Train, we are going to be talking about Trains today. My question for you is, can you guess the country I am thinking of? I am thinking of a country that is one of the top countries by rail travel 
per capita. We'll say one of the top 10 top countries by rail travel per capita. So this is like this is like miles or kilometers per person per year traveled in the countries. The countries that like trains the most. And uh, if we get it early, I might I might pick a second one. But I've got one in mind right now. You need to try and guess what that country I'm thinking is, uh, uh, what that country is that I'm thinking of. And you can do that by asking first one question, a yes, no question, and narrow it down. And then you get a guess. If you get it right, you win. But I'll probably give you another shot if we move fast enough to get a second pair of tickets. So with that said, Dakota goes first and uh, gets to ask our first question to narrow down what country I am thinking of that loves trains. Good morning, Dakota. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. As a good socialist, I had to call in when you talked about trains. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Dakota. What's your your yes no question to narrow down the country I'm thinking about that loves trains? Is the country in Europe? Yes. There we go. Now you got to go. All right. Now you've narrowed it down. I mean, you got a one in what eighteen something like that chance. Yeah. I'm gonna go. So is it? miles per person or is it like use like i use it yes or no no, it's it's my um, it it is miles well kilometers per person per year traveled so kilometers kilometers per person per year which would also be miles i'm gonna go with a smaller one okay uh denmark is it denmark hang tight i gotta get this no, it's not Denmark, but you can try again. Not Denmark. All right, but good guess, though. They might have been on the list. They might come up later. All right, Mike is next. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Pretty good, guys. Uh, uh, I'm in Jack. How's it going? Good. All right. Hey, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with two countries first. I'm going to say, is it England? Is it England? That is guess number one. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? No, it's not England. All right. You got another guess. European country that loves trains. One of the top 10 uh, most used uh, countries that use trains. I'll take the other big one. How about France? Is it France? All right. No, you knocked a couple more out. All right. There you go. 402-479-1400 opens a lineup for you to try and win tickets to see the band train. Got to think of the country that loves trains, uh, at least to the degree the top 10 in the nation for kilometers per person per year traveled on trains. All right, Scott's next. All right, Scott, what do you think? How do you want to narrow this thing down? Uh, first letter in the name of the country uh, between A and N. Yes. Uh, let's go with Belgium. Is it Belgium? Is that the one I'm thinking of? No, it's not. No, it's not. But we're narrowing it down. We're getting closer and closer. 402-479-1400. I'm thinking of a country that loves trains and that they are top 10 per capita kilometer or mile traveled per person per year for tickets to see train at Pinewood Bowl on August Fourth. All right, Steve takes the next shot at this. All right, Steve, we're narrowing down these European countries. Uh, how do you want to narrow it down? Uh, I'll just try to guess. All right, you I can guess. do that then. Um, could it possibly be Italy? Is it Italy? <laughs> no, but I did go on a train when I was in Italy a couple weeks ago. Uh, all right, uh, you got one more guess then. In Europe. You said. In Europe. Uh, let's and go with Germany. Is it Germany? No. Everybody's going, everybody's going with the low-hanging fruit. I think you've knocked out all the 
the big European countries. I say that in scare quotes here. But uh, all right, let's see if Phil can get it. What is the country I'm thinking of that loves trains? Is in the top ten of kilometers or miles traveled per person per year in that country for tickets to train. Phil, what do you think? What do you want to ask me? Well, I thought it was going to be Switzerland, but that other guest knocked that out in so. the uh, in the letters, right? Because he said A yeah, through correct. what A through N, N. yeah. So uh, I'm just going to guess. Uh, how about Austria? Is it Austria? It is Austria. Congratulations, oh, Phil. You got it. You got it. You got help from somebody else on this. Yes, Austria was number three, 1,505 kilometers per person per year traveled on trains. So hang tight. Going to get your information. And guess what? I hope if, if you hung up, go ahead and call back. Go ahead and call back. I'm going to grab another country, completely different country. Okay, same question, completely different country. Uh, that I want you to guess if you want to get, I had three pairs of tickets. So if you want to keep playing the same game, you can do that. 402-479-1400. I have another couple of pair of tickets to train here. 402-479-1400. So I have thought of a new country, a new country that is a top country by rail travel per capita. A new country that is a top, and this one, by the way, I'll say right now is not in Europe, not a non-European country. Uh, that is a top country. By, so we'll just get rid of all of the guesses that we already had on this thing. 402-479-1400. If you, uh, you didn't win that, you want to take a guess. I think this honestly should be fairly, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we don't have that much train knowledge here. I feel like this should be fairly obvious, though, at 402-479-1400, uh, as uh, Johnny Cadillac is getting Phil's information as he's going to be going. Again, we're giving away tickets to the concert to see Train. Uh, and we're talking about trains, but uh, the band train, Pinewood Bowl, August 4th. These are digital tickets, so you're going to be able to just give us your email address. We will email them out to you as slick as it can possibly be. And I'm telling you what, August 4th, a week from, that's a week from tomorrow. Um, there's almost no way, knock on wood, there's almost no way it's going to be as unpleasantly hot as it would have been if the concert were this Friday. So by then, probably be nice and comfortable into the month of August and a great night to enjoy a concert at Pinewood Bowl. All right, so we're going to play the game again. Again, I'm thinking of another country that is a top country by rail travel per uh, per capita. All right, Brian is first. Uh, all right, Brian, we got a new country, and this one is not in Europe. So let's see how you can do on this thing. What's your What's your question? Is it in Asia? Yes, it is in Asia. Japan. Is it Japan is Brian's guess? Drama, drama, drama. That's right. It is Japan, Brian. You got another pair of tickets. You did that one very quickly. Congratulations. I got a pair of tickets to that concert for you. Thank you. That's going to be my first guess on the last question. <laughs> well, good. Right. You know what, then? Since you had my future right answer in mind, I'm glad you won the thing. Congratulations. Thank there you. There you go. Hang tight. We're going to get your information. All right. There you go. That's all I have for now. So thank you for playing. I don't have time to do another full concert plus uh, uh, full contest, but it's getting too easy. But anyway, let's go to the uh, let's go to the ratings here. If you were wondering, if you were wondering what were the countries that were most uh, in love with trains, top countries by rail travel per capita. Number one, I wasn't necessarily looking for number one. I was just looking for the one that I was thinking of. But whoever said Switzerland, that's number one. 2,430.9 kilometers. I'm sorry, I don't have this in miles. 2,430 kilometers per person 
per year. Jeez, that's a lot. That's a lot. Number two is Japan, which was just guessed there. That's 2,142 kilometers traveled per person per year on train. Austria, 1,505. That was third. That was the, the other one that I had. Denmark is fourth. France is fifth. Russia is sixth. Ukraine, interestingly, is seventh. Belarus is eighth. Belgium, ninth. And then the United Kingdom is tenth. So those are your ten most train-loving countries. Yeah, Japan is the only one, the only non-European one in there. So Europe loves their Europe loves their trains. Um, if you want to actually go, I thought about doing it this way. Per capita rail coverage in U.S. states. All right, I'll give you a second to think about it. What do you think is what do you think is the highest per capita rail coverage in U.S. states? Got it in your head? I would have got this wrong. I would have said Montana. I would have said Montana. It is not Montana. Montana is actually third. North Dakota actually has more. Again, this is per thousand people, so this is per per capita miles of rail per thousand people, um, and so I just thought Montana had more space and few people to jack that number up. But North Dakota, North Dakota has five miles of train of train tracks of rail tracks, five miles of rail track for every person in the state, or every thousand people. Not every person, every thousand people in the state. My goodness. Way ahead at number one is North Dakota. And then two, I think that you would expect Wyoming, number two, Montana, number three, South Dakota, number four. Then you're down to two miles of rail for every thousand people. And then you get right here to the state of Nebraska. Nebraska, 1.85 miles of rail per thousand people. It's all kind of the same stuff here. Then Canton, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, you got to get down to what number eight to get to West Virginia to get anywhere out in the east at all. Idaho, Vermont, Arkansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma. If you're wondering, uh, by the way, last place in this thing, last place according to the numbers that I've got from the U.S. Department of Transportation, Hawaii has zero point zero miles of rail per thousand people. I don't know if that means that there are no train tracks in Hawaii. I'd have to ask Mark Vale about that. Or if that means that the number is so low that by rounding, it goes down to zero. But Hawaii, if you're a train lover, don't go to Hawaii, okay? That's uh, that's all I can say. So there you go. Uh, those are a couple pairs of tickets to train. We've got a lot. Guys, we have so many. This late concert season is really stacked. Um not only just Pinewood Bowl, uh, which that train concert is, but also just Pinnacle Bank Arena. Even if you go out to Omaha, some of the shows that are coming, we got a lot of good tickets. We got a lot of good tickets. We're going to have you opportunities. Uh, we got Steve Miller Band tickets. This lineup, look at this lineup for August. Train on August 4th, Steve Miller Band on August 5th. Uh, Ziggy Marley and Trombone Shorty on August 11th. Uh, then Blues Traveler, Big Head Todd and the Monsters on August 14th. Uh, the Head and the Heart on August 18th, Doobie Brothers on August 20th, Lindsey Sterling on the 21st, and the Black Keys on the 27th. That has got to be one of the biggest single months, I would think, 
that maybe Pinewood Bowl has ever had? I don't know. That's a lot. I mean, that is one that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows in in the matter of a month. And some of those are are, you know, decent sized names. And then you look at, at Pine uh Pinnacle Bank Arena right now. Um they've got the they've got the Avid brothers come in with Turnpike Troubadours, got Zach Bryan coming, they got Morgan Wallen, so we got a lot of country or country adjacent stuff there and then nickelback in october we got the hip-hop boogie with the hoodie coming in october as well so that's been, and then i know omaha has uh the jonas brothers coming uh they've got pink as well who's going to be doing an outdoor concert at uh at the baseball stadium down there so um, lots of lots of good concerts coming into the area right now we're at a better place with concerts than we have been for a long time in sort of our concentric circle, right, right around Lincoln into Omaha, maybe that distance right now, but especially in the city of Lincoln itself. All right, we're going to grab a break right now. We have got 79 degrees in the capital city, obviously. Humidity, if you've been outside, you know that it continues to be very high right now and just bumped up to 80 as I was looking at this right now. And obviously continue to be in that heat advisory. That'll go until Friday night, looking at a high triple digits again today, probably in the 100 teens when it comes to heat index once again today as well. It's 725 on KLIN. Stay informed. Stay connected. What America does not want. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So, Mark, I was uh, forgetting. I would I would push the number yesterday when yep. both you and Caleb were gone. Yep. And then I was waiting for somebody to read, <laughs> you know, read the story. <laughs> To talk about the story, and then I realized there was nobody there. And so then, sorry I, about that. Then I did, uh, but I I'm used to I'm not I didn't do a very good job in your role. So I'm glad you are back. So let's get it started with number five. Officially, uh, the, uh, topped out at 98 yesterday. At least that's the highest that was reported by the weather service out at the airport. But with the humidity, uh, it was above 50 percent all day, according to the statistics page. Uh, at one time, uh, Ken Shimmick over at 1011 had posted the heat index rate in the early 6 o'clock hour at 117 with that heat Whew. and humidity. So that's uh, that's <laughs> that's tropical on steroids in my... And, and we're looking at uh, 105 to 110 today, 105 to 115 tomorrow. A little cooler for the weekend, uh, you know, down around 100. 
and then back above 100 in the heat index early next week. So yeah. this uh, the, it's really the humidity right now. Well, we had, I was going to say. We had a dew, po- dew point yesterday of 80, which, <laughs> which is just through the... Yeah, because we didn't even get triple digits on temperature, right? right? And 117 on the heat index, and that tells you... A dew point of 80 is disgusting. <laughs> it yeah. is horrendous. And and even when it's, um, when, it's, when it's that humid, even if you get a little breeze, it's just yes. it's oppressive. Yeah, you're right. And like, and the biggest thing for me is like, if you had to go outside even into the evening last night to do anything, to walk the dogs or water the pots or, or mow, mow the lawn, especially anything else, if you are, I, I think even if you're not a sweater and I'm kind of yeah. a sweater. That's so am I. Um, <laughs> it's not. It, it's a situation. Yes. It's a. It's it's definitely a situation. So yeah, I was I was in Phoenix Monday night and Tuesday night uh, on a family issue. But yeah, um, when we landed from uh, Burbank back in Phoenix Tuesday night, it was 113 at eight o'clock. And as you walked out of the airport, it was very hot. It just was a different feel yeah, than ninety eight here yesterday. What? Yeah. What was the? Yeah. You felt the Humidity extremes. You felt the. Jeez. You felt the extremes in terms of a dry heat and a wet heat. How yeah. different are they? Are oh, they it's, just? It's, are they just equally unpleasant? No. No. The humidity is what makes it uh, just oppressive. It really is. Yeah. That's the case, huh? I mean, one hundred and thirteen, one hundred and eighteen, and and dry heat. It's hot, but it's not that oppressive type thing that just. Well, it, weather service says it's air you can wear. Yeah. Well, Mark, the dew point right now is 77. So we're not far. Really? We're not far from where we were. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I, I say to those of you, and I know there are people out there, those of you who are dealing with air, air conditioners that decided to misfire. Mine did a couple of weeks ago when it was pleasant outside. Uh, air fire, air, air conditioners that aren't working. Everybody, obviously, who's working outside, um, you know, construction people are working on the roads. People are working on those air conditioners. Obviously, everybody uh, that's doing that. Just thoughts and prayers out there to you. Ones that I really feel for are the people that are working on the the streets, the asphalt, the concrete, and roofers. Yes. Oh, God. It's incredible. But, you know, I'm not... I'm definitely not saying I, you know, I would be cut out for this. But I remember a couple years ago I did... When I did my uh, walk of shame, where we walked, you know, twenty plus miles around the city, and it was, it wasn't humidity like this, but it was a a day. I think we hit the triple digits. It was we did. The, it ended up being the hottest day of the entire summer that year, and it was weird. You kind of, again, I need to say this in a way that does not say I want to be outside today, or that anyone who outside has it e- has it easy. But I learned about myself is that. After you're out there for a while, you, your body sort of adjusts to it a little bit. And the only the thing you really don't want to do is go in, go inside to air conditioning at any point during it, and then right. come back out. That's when it becomes super unpleasant. Um, so anyway, <laughs> again, I don't. That's probably not much of a. That's probably not much of a consolation for you today if you're working outside. All right, moving on. Number four. Just a couple of months after the initial launch, uh, Redway, uh, Lincoln Airport's newest service provider going to drop flights beginning uh next week atlanta austin and minneapolis just not the demand there so they yeah. are stopping those flights after two months just they said they thought they had the numbers that there would be the demand but in practice even when the ch- in even when the tickets were cheap 
those those markets in particular, um, Austin, Atlanta, Minneapolis, you didn't have it. And, I, you know, I'm not sure. Austin was the one always that felt like it didn't quite belong with the rest of them. Now, I've never been there, and I know it's a, a very... It's a cool town. I know there's tons to do there. I know it's a it is a, a popular travel destination, but it just it didn't quite feel on par with with the other one. So I did wonder a little about that one. You talked a little bit about Minneapolis, just that it's the closest. It's yeah, it's it's the closest as well. I thought there might be interest in, in, in that one. But the question that I've got is okay, I mean I understand what they're saying. Um I understand that they're they're hopeful that they can just you know, they can keep trying things to hit the market and what's wanted here. I'm just hopeful that they, they're able to find some set of cities. I don't care if it's three or five or, or what or a seasonal type thing where you got three part of the year and four part of the year or whatever that it is. I hope there I hope something exists where you do have that demand yes. for this kind of a service. Because I hope it still stays, but I honestly don't know if you do. I don't know if you do. They seem to be. They seem to be saying in the things that I heard uh, yesterday. And Tim and I talked about this a little bit yesterday when it was brand new. We didn't have a ton of information. Uh, we have more now, but they seem to be saying that they're pretty confident that Orlando and Las Vegas, in particular, have the demand that they need. I think they're going to shut. From what I understand, they'll shut Nashville and Dallas off during the winter, but expect to bring those back. Um, and then, and then in the winter, they're going to turn on uh, Phoenix and Tampa. Well, I think Phoenix will be. Uh, I think Fe- yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix will be. Uh, Phoenix in the winter. I, I'm almost. I if there's anyone that works, I think it'll be that one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if they and the if they do into California, Southern California, I think yeah. They work. But do you have the do you have the planes full week a week? Is the thing. Well, that's the that's the thing. It, it and have... Phoenix in the winter, I'm sure you do. Vegas, I think you probably do. Oh, uh, absolutely. If, if anywhere, yeah, and but, Florida, and 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 Flo- and Orlando, ho- hopefully. But or, I can't think of. Like if you're saying okay, pick another destination where this market is going to sustain that that twice weekly flight and have close to full flights every single time. I'd, I don't know what else that would be. I would say maybe Fort Lauderdale or Miami. Okay, Southern Florida. And and they're probably saying, well, hey, if we've already got Orlando and if we've already got Tampa during the winter, yeah, but those are those are more central and North Florida. You get into South yeah. Florida where people can uh, go down to the Keys. I mean, Tampa to the to Key West is a long drive. I honestly think, uh, I mean, I would say maybe during the summer, spring, summer, a Washington, D.C. one, um, and then be. and then more warm, and then, like you said, California, may, and maybe it's just more of a winter-summer thing that you bounce around. Who are these travelers, right? Are they generally vacation leisure travelers? Are people using it for any other, you know, if it does match up with business type stuff? The thing is, it's easier to travel vacation leisure around this than an existing event absolutely because of the way that it's set up and so you got to think of those top vacation destinations orlando vegas makes sense for that yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see whether they do like united did on a couple of football games uh you know they've already opted out of the minneapolis one for, yeah uh, but you know united had some pretty successful charters yeah they did on uh i know they went to michigan last year right I, th- I think they went one other place. I'm surprised they had a hard time filling up that Minnesota. Even to the football game one, they did, they still didn't even fill that. So that's canceled. So some of the people are going to go on that. But all I want, I want those those winter ones to be. That for some reason, that to me is the biggest thing. That ability to go somewhere warm quickly and not too expensively feels like a lifeline in the winter. So Tampa, Phoenix, give me all that.
Give me all that in January and February. So I think Las Vegas will probably or Vegas. Yeah, I think Las Vegas will probably stay year round. Yeah, I think there's just there just seems to be enough demand. I agree. I agree. All right, moving on. Number three. Learned a couple more game times for Nebraska football. Take on Maryland here in Lincoln, two thirty on November eleventh. Wisconsin and Madison a week later, six thirty. Uh, both on NBC. Yeah. So, uh, you expecting more today as yeah. uh, Big Ten Media Days continues? Yeah, Matt Rule gets started. I expect a lot from everybody in between Northwestern and between, you know, these new things with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota and the talk about NIL collectives. There's obviously a lot going on at Big Ten Media Days. But I'm also interested in Nebraska's team and Nebraska's season and what we find out today you know, when you hear from a coach uh, at the end of a summer, and I know summer overall isn't over, but the end of the football summer, right before fall camp, you always learn some things about the roster that you just hadn't heard publicly until that point. And so hopefully there are no surprises about guys not on the roster that we thought were on the roster, but that's always something to keep an eye on uh, for this. And then just getting more into, you know, more into the, the X's and O's of the personnel for the season, I'm I'm really curious about what he says uh, if he gets into specifics, and I don't know if he will or won't, but you know what they're going to do personnel-wise on that offensive line. Uh, do you, you know, who... It, it seems like there's six guys sort of vying for five starting spots. There are potential, you know, a guy like T- T- Corcoran, does he play tackle or guard? I think that's something that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm always going to be interested in hearing more about Jeff Sims because he's kind of a, he's kind of a mystery to me. Exactly who he is, how he's going to be used, those sorts of things, um, and then there's a lot of questions on on offense that I've got. How do you use these running backs? Right? Is there is there going to be kind of a bell cow running back, which has eluded Nebraska in a lot of years? And is Gabe Irvin the guy to to, to do that, or how do you divide up what you do with him and and Anthony Grant and Ramir Johnson as well, or or you know, if that wide receiver room is one where there's not a lot of depth there, uh, who do you expect to to kind of be? Is there a is there a true freshman that might be able to get in the mix there? Those are some of kind of the, just the personnel things, and he won't have answered all of those because some of that's going to be answered in in fall camp as well. But I think that that big stuff about are there any are there any other departures? Is there anything that's going to surprise us coming into this year any, about the roster? Anything from the commissioner? I mean, is, this he is he spoke his first... at the beginning. Now he t- didn't talk. He talked a lot about. I think I think the Big Ten Mark really wants NIL to move away from the private collectives and move in house within the university athletic departments. Really, okay. that's what the Big Ten would like to see, and I think they are really hoping that Congress does something. And there's a couple of bills that are out there right now. Mansion and Tuberville have one, That's right. I did uh, see and then there's a second bill, and I can't remember which uh, who's behind that one. They're a little bit different, but I think the Big Ten has probably been doing a lot of lobbying on those, and I think they've got some some real thoughts. But I think I think by and large they'd like to see NIL. They'd like to have NIL a little bit more regulated and also brought in house into athletic departments as opposed to like what we see here and everywhere else where it's basically a separate fundraising entity yep. right which is what you I mean you hear the commercials for it right now all right moving on number two some local business news yesterday journal stars matt olberding lincoln business hobby town will be a main hobbies a main is based in or amen a-m-a-i-n yeah i guess Cal- i thought it was a main but i don't know uh, a main i think so 
They're an e-commerce company based in California. They specialize in uh, RC cars, planes, and drones. So, yeah, RC drones. Maybe that's pretty good. They, I, as I understand it, they're going to keep their Lincoln locations open. Yeah, they're, uh, yes, they're going to keep. They're going to keep the hobby. T- I mean, they're using the brand because Hobby Town has these. These you, you may or may not know this. I knew a little of it, but not all of it. Matt did a great job. You read his article, and you can find out a little bit more about the details but originally i'm too young or excuse me yeah i'm too young to remember this but apparently uh, there's a place called the grace great race and hobby place store um that partnered with the original hobby town store that was at 13th and p street that went back down to the 50s they called it hobby town and and matt does that and at that point they started franchising soon after that and in 1985 they got up to the point they had 106 stores uh, in 35 states. Really? So I mean, this is a major, major franchise here at this point, um, and so they're buying, they're buying the brand. They want to keep the brand. They want to put stores in new markets. They want, they want to also help the existing franchisees, which there are a lot of, sort of expand what they're doing. But as you said. They do want to keep the headquarters. They want to keep the distribution center in Lincoln as well. So, so it sounds like hopefully good news. And it's just yep. kind of the natural progression of a company that has grown and grown and grown and grown. Uh, and, and, that started with roots here in Lincoln. And bringing in, you know, the RC uh, industry is pretty uh, pretty broad. Right. And, th- and they did some of that. But, uh, yeah, it's, man, I remember... I remember the days. My favorite era of Hobbytown was the era when I did had the uh, slot racing racetrack. Oh yeah, remember, yeah, I had one the, too. I had a slot racing racetrack I got for Christmas one year, and I would go and I would bring the cars in, and they had little parts you could buy yep. axles and wheels for them. They had that little thing that looked like a thread at the bottom of it that rotated around and kept it on there. And my dad and I used to always do that with the big yellow gun that you would hold. Oh, mine was and, all mine was all the real stats. It was before your modern yeah. stuff. Yeah, had the, the little pin that went down in the center. Yeah, mine did too. Had the pin, yeah. right? You, yep. could, you could spin those things out. And yeah, if, I would always take the curbs too fast, and my dad was like, "You gotta, you gotta slow down around the curves, Jack. You gotta slow down around the curves." And I got them flying off the. Yeah. We put one of those race. We put one of those tracks on a huge piece of plyboard, yeah. or plywood in our basement. It was so awesome. I love that. Was so much fun. But I always would go to Hobby Town and buy the new cars and buy the parts for the cars. You would think that would have translated more into me being better with car mechanics but nope still not all right moving on finishing up number one capitol hill hearing yesterday lawmakers witnesses launching accusations that the pentagon is stonewalling congress and the public from information about unidentified anomalous phenomena ufos is what i want to call them uh i mean where are we on this are we all kind of doing like my initial inclination is which is kind of tongue-in-cheek chuckling on it or are we like hey this might actually be a thing because the uh some of the testimony yesterday was like no i am sure they've got it this program is going back to the 1930s they've got parts or pieces of ufos that they're trying to re-engineer there and he's been told by many people in the program that they have what he called non-human remains as well <laughs> and he's got all the details but he wouldn't say them yeah and he didn't come off as like 
I don't know what you guys thought if you saw it or heard any. I saw a couple of the like Navy pilots. You know, those I, guys, those were, guys were pretty solid. They, that one talked about the tic tac shape. Yes, space. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever UFO that was underneath him. Then all of a sudden, it poof went away and reappeared fifty miles away. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just uh, there's got to be an explanation for all these. That's that's my inclination. Is there's just there's got to be something on this but all of the the conspiracy theorists when it comes to that kind of stuff the, the what was a radio show that used to be on over the coast to coast fans oh still uh, is uh yeah the coast george, to coast fans it's now george nori it was art uh, yeah art, art bell art bell Lo- yeah. <laughs> all those people are loving this yeah all right, it's 7.55. That is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. It's 80 degrees in the capital city, 2.77 on KLIN. When you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, final out of the show coming up. Grow Lincoln and the return of Greg Sharp, the voice of the Big Red. Stick around. That's all coming up. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 82 degrees in the capital city. And it is time on a Thursday morning to find out What's happening in the business community in the capital city? Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers join us right now. The Grow Lincoln team keeping their ear to the ground when it comes to business news, restaurants, retail, uh, closing, opening, relocating. Uh, what are these places being built in, built? They, uh, always have a good beat on what's happening and they join us right now. Robin and Dave, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you? Good. Good Dave. morning, gentlemen. All right. Good morning. Let's, let's jump into it because we have food and we have barbecue news to start things out today. Uh, going to Antelope Valley slash Telegraph District, maybe? I'm not sure where the line is exactly, but what do we have here in the news? Yes, we um, talked about this back when it was first announced and they began construction. Our understanding is that it's open. Canyon Joe's Barbecue at 200 South 18th. So that'd be like 18th and N, L, or M, M, N part of of 18th street why don't you tell them their moniker it's faith family and smoke <laughs> <laughs> because those three go together menu includes pastrami hotch and cheddar 
pork belly burnt ends and half pound red dirt burger. <laughs> All right. I I tell you guys what, that is a place I have to go to right away <laughs> because I you know, I've done my munch madness journey the last 2 years and that was the only restaurant I couldn't get to this year because it was just a food truck and they were they were closed at the time of munch madness and so I was messaging them on Facebook and then I said, "Hey, when when are you going to open up? I need to go there." And they said, "Oh, we're turning into a brick and mortar, so wait." <laughs> So now that, that now that they're opening, I got to get over there. There you go. She's leaving as soon as we're done here. Right, right. Now he's he's going for that half pound uh, red dirt burger. <laughs> That'd be impressive. That is that is impressive. They brought some food in here. We tried some uh, during Munch Madness, and it was really good. And so, um, but this is on the okay. So this is South Side. So this is by like uh, Cerro Cider that that sort of area as well. If I've got if I have the area right. If in I remember, is this the is old an- the old Panic Bar and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Location. I'm not sure if that's right, but it was. Is there an axe throwing place not too far from there? Eighteenth, no. not seventeenth. So, yeah, I've got yeah. I've got it pulled up. I've got that that address pulled up. Like two eighteenth and N, basically. Yeah. Um, is is what this would yeah. be. So, um, yeah. So uh, on on that, I had said it's not really Telegraph District. I, that's not. I had had in my mind I that, think that was that's kind of Telegraph kinda District. Antelope Valley is. Yeah, I there. would call it more Antelope Valley. Like uh, a block down there is Code Brewing and and that kind right. of area. But it's on the south side of O Street. Right. So two blocks um, south of O. Yeah. On Eighteenth Street. All right. There you go. All right. Well, glad to see one of our Munch Madness competitors uh, having some success there and moving to a brick and mortar, uh, brick and mortar place. All right. Uh, let's see. Had listeners with questions and apparently uh, been uh, doing some looking around here with some permits, uh, some questions. Northside. Let's get started with this. Uh, Kathleen asked, "What is the new construction?" On 66 by Brandy's Pet Salon. This is North 66th Street. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a little bit, but uh, that is the Clock Tower Animal Clinic, and they'll be relocating to that location. I drove by that the other day, and that is a surprisingly large building. Yeah. yeah How they, far down on this is 66? What's the it location It would be, like, you keep going a little bit north of East Park. You're not to Vine Street yet, okay, but right. you kind of look over by where the bike trail, the bike so trail on the east side cuts of the road? across. On the east side. Yeah, but it's uh, on the by east By where the Dairy Queen used to be? Is that what we're talking about? Just very close. Very close. There but, used to be a, a nursery there. Yeah. Yes, Finky. Yeah, Finky yeah, right. right. was there. Okay. It, it's that location. Okay. It's that location, and so this is, and it sounds like there's already a pet-related business there, and so this is another one coming in. No, it's the same one. Um, oh, same one. What happened okay. was Clock Tower purchased the Finky Gardens, and and they're taking the part up by the street, and then what we talked about was last week or the week before, you keep going down the bike trail a little ways or back behind so the you building. Keep, you keep going east. Keep going to the east, mm. and there's a, a secret little plot of land back there that nobody knows about, and they're building some low-income or tax credit housing back in there. Yeah, we've talked about that before, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they still call it Clock Tower Animal Clinic if they're not at Clock I Tower wonder anymore. about I, that. What do you do with branding? when you? That's always the danger of branding yourself based on your location they they had already moved they they have been out in east o for about five or ten years so it's funny you say that because i have periodically warned clients of mine 
I go, are you sure you want to do this? Because because someday if you move. Well, it's, it's two things. I mean, number one, if you move that specific location or if you add an additional location. Right, exactly. Well, right. It's always a little fun, and then you get some weird results because of it, like Sheridan Lutheran is on uh, 70th and Old Cheney, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that kind of a thing. Well, I'm, I'm even, sure I'm even more concerned when their name is a little bit too artsy and you can't even tell that they're an animal clinic. <laughs> so yeah. at least get the animal clinic part in there. Yeah, and then you have that decision, right? Do we, do we give up our branding or do we stay accurate with our location? And yeah. in a lot of cases, you're just like, the branding is too the important. The branding right? We've got to have the branding for this. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So what else do we have? Some uh, Havelock, some news on Havelock potentially okay. about about some uh, yes. permits going in. Um, during the course of the tour, and this was Deb from our company. By the way, I call her Detective Deb because she can find the answer to anything for me. Um, she noticed that Peaked Curiosities, Antiques, and Gifts is now open at 6030 Havelock. So this is our second um, announcement in a row in Havelock. There's an ice cream, a nonprofit ice cream um, store opening up soon. And now this one just opened maybe about a couple months ago. Great pictures on Facebook. It looks like really nice antiques. So it's called Peaked Curiosity, and that's not P-E-A-K, that's P-I-Q-U-E-D. Like your if curiosity, you're look, yeah, like if your, you're looking your that up on Facebook. Yes. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, Northwest News. What else do we have in terms of building permits? Yeah, it's kind of really uh, Northwest or North. Uh, at 2300 Wildcat Drive, this is kind of where almost all the other car lots are, just uh, on North right. 27th Street area. But this is yeah. this is a little bit to the uh, west. Yeah, so it's Northwest. Well, Should we get into that, Jack? Uh, we, where is the line with we Northwest? Still have to, we still have to come to a final <laughs> we don't agreement have on that, an, but I don't think no. that we can do that in the seven minutes we have. So <laughs> we'll pick that up again. But, well, uh, what's going in? Uh, there's a new 12,000 square foot uh, automotive sales facility, and that's what was on the building permit for $2.4 million. And this is going to be, they call it, the Internet Car Lot. Uh, and I have seen uh, this lot in Omaha, and apparently they also have one in Council Bluffs. Okay. All right. Um, so right into the, the car area, but apparently this is one where they focus on online sales and purchases and those sorts of things. So, but yet they have a building, but yeah. yet they have a right. building, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, more Northwest news. Uh, Tiffany says, wondering what's going on in the North point development just to the West of North star high school. Um, and detective Deb was not able to find a specific one that was specifically North point, but she found a North star crossing development, the area closest to North Star High School that had activity on it was Kings Ridge Apartments, which is in the early stages of phase one. Eventually, there will be retail and residential in that development. Okay. So does this go, Dave, is this one that goes all the way to 27th Street or is it two separate developments or do you know? Uh, I'm, I don't know the exact answer to that. Yeah. Okay. But, but we know for sure, apartments for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Tom, on Facebook, what's going up behind the Dollar Tree store off Northwest 48th, uh, north of Lincoln Northwest High School? So this would be kind of the air park area. Yeah, and uh, 
one of our commercial brokers out there said he thought it was apartments or a sonic and he was right it's going to be a sonic all right there you go this is todd lorenz by the way okay yeah, so this is the Dollar Tree up near Air Park, yeah, right. basically, on Northwest 40. And I'll call that Northwest. You've got we me do on agree, that. yeah. Well, I'll yeah. agree with that one. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it is, it's definitely West, that's for sure. <laughs> that, that much I'll tell you. All right, uh, well, Southeast, if you call it Southeast, uh, 91st and Van Dorn. Uh, I don't know how far south that is, but nonetheless, well, what do we have there? Um, construction of townhomes going on, but close to the road is going to be offices for the construction company Iron Gate. Yeah, oddest. I mean, it's a busy. You keep going east. Or, I mean, we talk a lot about the growth to the south. We talk a lot about the growth to the to the west and and north. But every, yeah. I'm always surprised how far the city goes east now, too. It's it's really all directions, but I think that east one gets maybe the, the least attention of all of them. And particularly well. Van Dorn and A, boy, if you have not been yes. out there yeah. in the last two or three years, it's amazing. Well, and I've been out there because of 84th Street's closing quite a bit <laughs> recently, where I've tried to detour to the east, which was not a good idea any time that I did it. That east area, though, has really opened up because of the sewer uh, being able to go uh, oh. further east. And so that's that that had been, uh, you know, a limiting factor for quite a while. Being able to flush is a magic yeah. trick. Yeah. I mean, you it need, makes all the that. difference. Well, thank you to the sewer. I yes. Guess. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's all about that. If you can't sewer. flush, you aren't going to yeah, move, move yeah. there. <laughs> that's true. So anyway, yeah, that's, um, but that's, that's, uh, that's a little bit further to the south. In, in, I mean, I was kind of thinking a little bit more northeast, especially east there, but that Van Doren. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Well, yeah. Holdred, Holdred. Yes. yes. O Street. Yeah. O, o Street. That yeah, Waterford Estates area out oh there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's stuff, yeah, or driving past Southeast Community College, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, a gas station now, daycare well. now. Yeah, yeah. There's a Casey's there. I, right. I'm sure you guys told me about, but sometimes I don't remember. And I was like, shame hey. on you, Jack. I know. I got to have a real clear memory. I need a spreadsheet that says everything you say. I was like, whoa, there's a Casey's out here. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Right? We actually talked about that one way before it even we, got constructed. But we forget we about it. it. By the time it gets built, we've forgotten about That's it. That's the thing. Yes, I I do that. I think a lot too. So I think uh, did I miss anything else, guys? Just in terms of of the news that you've got or things that are That's going it. on. That's all we know. Right now. We don't know another thing. Now we're just we can talk about what's going to be on the show. Yeah, we can do. I did uh, just real quick. I did want to get since it's a story we've been talking about today too. Um, since we talked about the airport when they had these new flights coming out of Lincoln, we talked a lot about that. They're gonna they're gonna cut back a few of them. There wasn't demand for Minneapolis, Austin, Atlanta. Are are you surprised they were they were having a hard time with demand on those? And any thoughts about what this kind of means going forward? I think we're all hopeful that they can figure out a level of service that there's a yeah. market for here. Uh, they went, they did some research. They thought their research was accurate. It was inaccurate. Uh, you know, you go doing this with the best of intentions, and right. sometimes it just simply doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I, you know, I was surprised, not surprised. They had so many different ones that they launched all at the same time. And, you know, you're dealing with a public that is used to flying Southwest. You know, mm-hmm. basically what you're trying to do is get the Southwest customers. Right. And that's years of habit mm-hmm. and just getting the word out. And, you know, you don't, 
people do not all necessarily listen to, to one place or read the newspaper. You've got to reach out in every conceivable way to to get consumers yeah. to, I, to change their habits. I was listening to you and Mark earlier today, and you know I agree that some of those some of the places were kind of. Uh, Austin, uh, Atlanta, Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can. I'm, it's you would have if you were going to pick a couple of them that may not work. Those would have been the ones. Vegas, I think. Vegas Orlando, and Orlando are going to work. Yes, Arizona, Phoenix in the winter is yeah. definitely going to work. Oh yeah, I, think, I, I guess not definitely going to work. But, but you would they've think got the best shots. Really think those so. three? I think have the best shots of working. There may be some others, but it's it's probably just not Austin, right? I just yeah. you know I I'm not totally shocked by that, especially when you've got. Dallas on the list too, and then there's a flight to Houston out of Lincoln too. That's on a separate separate spot too, so that might impact that a little bit as well. I do know a lot of people like to go to Austin for vacations. Yeah, maybe maybe but, I'm underestimating uh, it. I was uh, my son from Chicago likes to go there. Yeah, we would encourage people don't yell at the people at the Lincoln Airport. It's not their fault. You yeah. know, this is a redway issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and they were. They like were. I said, I, I'm sure they started this with the best of intentions, and it's just sometimes things just don't I just, work. I, I'm just hoping that it's not. You know, they're able to get get the ones that work and keep them here. Yeah. And I think even if that means Orlando, Vegas, and Arizona, and that's that's it. I mainly just want somewhere warm to go in the winter. So, <laughs> as I said, all right. What's coming up on the Saturday show, guys? Sexual harassment, condominium collapses, increased floodplain regulations around town. There are new problems we we didn't used to have to think about as much when buying business insurance. We'll talk to Garrett Shell of State Farm. Um, also, we're going to cover what if a tornado were to hit downtown. For service workers, child care costs are so high, the math doesn't pencil out to go back to work. We're going to talk about what one nonprofit is doing to help. And the latest on interest rates, if you're out there this week trying to buy a house. Well, they just yeah. raised them again at the uh, the, Fed, at the Fed level. So Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about that. All right. Hey, Rob and Dave, always appreciate it. If you ever have a question for them, like the people on the show today did, you can go to Facebook, Twitter. It's both Girl Lincoln on both of them. You can shoot your question there and maybe get an answer on Thursday mornings or Saturdays at noon when Robin and Dave take to the air. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team. It's 26. got to check sports coming up next on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says... Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing.
All right, and uh, Greg Sharp joining us live from Indianapolis, where those Big Ten media days are going on that we've been talking about today, and he's uh, getting ready to hear a little bit later this morning from Matt Rule, and uh, Greg Sharp joins us right now. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, I'm great. Had my breakfast. Uh, Coach Rule sitting about 15 feet away from me. I'm ready to go. Good. Coach Rule likes people having breakfast around him. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, d- tell us, I guess, first of all, just kind of tell us for, uh, you got a lot of people who are following along with what's going on here uh, these these two days and, and these media days, but you're, you're there in person. So give us just kind of, give us a little perspective on, on what happens, how this thing works and what it's like to be there. Well, we're down on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm sitting at about the 37-yard line on the sidelines, and they've got a radio row. They've got the big podium set up where Coach Rural will be on BTN in a little bit. And then they have some breakout podiums where the coaches go do uh, longer sessions with members of the media. So seven of the teams, Jack, were here yesterday, and seven more today. And uh, today will be interesting because you've got uh, Jim Harbaugh will be here today. Obviously, the news leaked out two days ago that he's facing a four-game suspension. Game five, by the way, for them is against Nebraska yep. Lincoln. P.J. Yep. Fleck is here today. There was a lot of allegations that came out about misuse, misabuse in their program, so he's going to be under the fire. And then I think Matt Rule is going to be the, the breath of fresh air for everybody here today. Yeah, uh, Matt Rule will talk to, today. I, I want to get back to some of that other stuff and get to what yesterday, but I want to lead off for the fans. I think they're interested particularly in in Nebraska. Um, you know, what uh, What questions are out there? It's been a while. You know, I know you've you've talked to the coaches, uh, some of the coaches on your show and, and some of the other folks over there at the network have done that, heard a little bit from Rule um, when he's been with you and others. But but I'm curious, what are the big questions you think that are out there when, when Rule gets up there this today to talk to the entire media group? Well, I think a lot of people are going to go, what What are you inheriting? What, what are you walking into here, and how does it compare to what you did at Baylor and Temple? I think from the, you know, the regional and national media standpoint, that's going to be their focal point. We've kind of passed all through that in the last eight, nine months in Lincoln with, with Coach, but I think that he's going to wow. I think he's going to own the day, Jack. I just think he's going to wow people here today with his personality and and the ability to kind of kind of spin the yarn for Nebraska. So I think he'll be really effective here today. And you know, from my standpoint, does he have any updates? Does he? Yeah. Is there any roster movement? So maybe we'll get some some of that from him today. Yeah, that's all. That's what I had said earlier in the show. There always, you know, seems to potentially be the 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 deal where with somebody who's not on the roster that you just didn't know because they haven't talked publicly about it, but you find out today. So um, hopefully, there's not anything significant with that. But that's always something to keep an an eye out for here today as well. What is? I mean, it's with so much. You reference that though, with so much going on right now in the Big Ten. My goodness, between obviously these scandals, Michigan, Northwestern, now apparently Minnesota, perhaps. Although I'm not totally sure about how significant that one is, and then all the discussion about NIL. Do you guys are they talking about football at all down there in Indianapolis right now? It was almost like a side dish yesterday was the football chatter. Yesterday, the big focus was on Northwestern because their interim coach was here. Their AD, Jack, this is interesting. Their AD was in the building, read but he didn't come down on the floor. He did an interview with BTN up in one of the suites, didn't come down on the floor. I think that's really disappointing the way Northwestern has kind of been hiding uh, behind their you know private school status and not really coming in and taking the hard questions. They throw out their interim coach who's been on campus for seven months to go got to be the mouthpiece for the university, that seems really unfair. And I think it's a really bad look 
for Northwestern University. Yeah, and how did Braun? He's a new coach at Northwestern. I mean, how how uh, you know how many was just question after question after question about hazing for him? And and I mean, he's only been there since January. So how did he even handle those? Yeah, he didn't really address it too much. He just said, you know, we're moving on and. The players that I've got are really supportive of what we're trying to do. He got a lot of questions about, well, some of those members of that staff are still there. And he's like, yeah, until I'm told to, to remove them, they're going to stay here. So it was really a, kind of a basic talk in a lot of ways from Northwestern yesterday. He referenced Fitz a bunch of times about how he's grateful for Fitz to bring him on board. But, again, it's unfair for him because he's not been a part of all this mess. He's brand new. Jack, a year ago, that guy was the, the defensive coordinator at North Dakota State. That's I mean, right. He's brand new to this whole thing. So it was really odd how all that was handled yesterday. We also heard yesterday, Jack, from the from the new commissioner. First time he yeah. really had a big platform to talk. And I was disappointed that he didn't address the Northwestern thing in his comments. He got asked about it, but he didn't bring up the Northwestern thing when he kind of went through his laundry list of things. He did say that NIL is out of control and needs to be reined in, and I think most people in college sports probably agree with that. Yeah. It, I mean, it sound, did you get the sense, I don't know how explicit he was about this, but I know there's legislation that's out there in Congress right now, a couple of battling ones. Do you get the sense that Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner, is, is really hoping that Congress steps in here and just sort of changes the model that exists right now? Because you know, I don't, I don't know what other recourse that they've really got if they want to see change. 100%. That, that, that's what... The, the NCA and, and these big conferences are all hoping that somebody steps in and kind of cleans this mess up for them. And so there was a bill from Joe Manchin and Tommy Tupperville that uh, I guess is getting some momentum in Washington right now to try to make the everything equal across the country. Because right now you have every state that's got different rules. So the state of Nebraska's rules are different than the state of Texas and vice versa. So, you know, I think the NCA and, and conferences like the Big Ten are kind of hoping somebody else comes in and cleans up their mess. Right, right. Um, get to a few of the coaches that, that talked yesterday. I'm just curious about some of the, the initial thoughts either that you've got on the team or things that you heard yesterday. Uh, Brett Bielema went first for Illinois. You know, they were incredibly solid. A, a bit of a surprise team last year. Obviously, they beat Nebraska two years in a row. I think they're being a little overlooked in the West. What sense did you get from him? Because they've lost some NFL talent, especially along the defense. They lost quarterback, lost a running back. What kind of a sense uh, did you get from him about how much they're going to be missing those guys this year? Well, the second question he got was about if he'd seen the movie Barbie. I heard that, and he hasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he hasn't seen that. But no, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Jack. I kind of think they're, people aren't really giving them enough respect because they, they had a real chance to win the West last year. They lost two big home games late to Purdue and Michigan State. They win either one of those. They would have been here in Indy playing Michigan in the title game. Uh, they're really solid along both lines of scrimmage. They've got a transfer quarterback, as pretty much everybody in the Big Ten West does. Guy from Ole Miss is going to be their quarterback, but he seemed he had an air of confidence about him yesterday, and I'm like, ooh, that's a coach I think really likes his football team. Yeah. And I'll tell you another guy that really seemed comfortable, and that was Kirk Ferentz. Really? He really seemed like he's he feels like they've kind of filled some holes in their roster with a transfer quarterback as well, and Cade McNamara from Iowa. So those two coaches kind of had a, a feeling of, of 
kind of not arrogant, but feeling really confident with what they've got going into their fall camps. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. What, what was your reaction? I know, speaking of Illinois and Iowa, the the Cleveland uh, Cleveland playing dealer, Cleveland.com, put out their, their preseason uh, you know, media poll, and that is what it is. But I saw Wisconsin was was on top of that. Were you surprised Wisconsin finished up there at number one? A um, little bit, maybe. I mean, Todd Blackledge is really big on them. He thinks they've got top ten ability. You, know, you, you start digging into their schedule, Jack, and it's pretty kind for Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you and I sat there and go, okay, who are maybe the three bottom teams on the Big Ten? You'd probably go Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, they play all three of them. So, mm-hmm. okay, so there's three they've got. They get Nebraska at home. They get Iowa at home. So they've got a really kind schedule. And, I, you know, they've got two great running backs. You know, their defense is going to be good. So I, I have no problem with Wisconsin being the pick based on that schedule and, and those great running backs that they have. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just going to be for me. It's going to be just a lot of questions about that offense and how quickly it develops into the finished product for them. And you're relying on on transfers at quarterback and wide receiver. It's some of the same questions you probably have about Nebraska's offense yeah. in a different way. Um, to be honest, so that that'll be interesting. Yeah, how is it, by the way, Greg? Just an aside, how is it, because I see Iowa doesn't play Ohio State or Michigan again this year. This is going to sound like a huge homer, ugly Nebraska fan comment. I swear we're talking about. Iowa and sometimes Wisconsin having an easy schedule every year. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's all in my head, but I swear we talk about it every year. Yeah, it does seem that way. You know, and really Nebraska's is fairly kind too. I mean, we yeah, we do get Michigan, but we don't play Ohio State. We don't play Penn State. Those That's are the heavies in that side of the of the conference. But yeah, it does seem like more years than not we're talking about kind schedules for for Iowa and for Wisconsin. Yeah, I do. there you are giving me that perspective I probably should <laughs> should have. Um, today, uh, of course, like you said, we're going to hear from Harbaugh and P.J. Fleck, and that's probably going to be a lot about uh, about some of these uh, scandals that are going on, suspension, the Fleck article. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. That's going to be interesting. That's coming up at 1030 this morning. But you also hear from Tom Allen, Indiana, Loxley from Maryland, Walters for Purdue, Luke Fickle for Wisconsin. I'm sure especially you're interested in hearing from Walters and, and Fickle, Big Ten West opponents and new coaches there where you just don't know a ton about those teams as we were just saying about Wisconsin. No, that's a great point. You know, And no, nobody's talking about Purdue. They won the West last year. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really talking about them. But they have a really difficult crossover schedule. They get both Michigan and Ohio State. So this is kind of new coach day. Jack, because you have Ryan Walters, Matt Rule, Luke Fickle, the three of the new the three new head coaches in the conference go today, uh, along with Michael Loxley, who we haven't really talked much about Maryland. They'll be coming to Lincoln in November, and word kind of leaked out yesterday. That's going to be an NBC slash Peacock game. I have a feeling, Jack, haven't been told this for sure, but I have a feeling that Nebraska-Maryland game might be on Peacock. Oh, come on. Come on. All right, I got my radio. That's good. Radio is still going to be free, and I just want everyone to know that there's no six ninety nine nine ninety nine per month uh, for radio. <laughs> Goodness sakes, that's uh, that's going to have a lot of people up in arms if that actually happens. But none, I mean, they're putting an NFL playoff game on one of those yep. channels this year. I, I mean, I can't believe it, but I can believe it. I see why they're doing it, but it's uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But it'll be that. And, and that brings me to the other part. The other half of that is that Wisconsin game is going to be a primetime game in in yeah. Madison, 
in uh, late November, mid to late November. And I, my first thought after I saw that, Greg, was uh, this is going to be a little role reversal. Nebraska fans may be the one who are cheering for some cold, snowy weather in that game. <laughs> my, how the tables have turned. Yeah, you know, hey, but people will say the Packers play night games in November, December. So yeah. I have no problem with that. It oh, looks yeah. like Nebraska's of their five road games, Jack, three of them are going to be at night. I'm not a big fan of that because we get home so late, but I think fans fans love it because you can do stuff during the day and then come and get on your couch right. at night and watch the Huskers play. But, yeah, we're going to Minnesota, <laughs> Illinois, and, and Wisconsin all appear to be night games for the Huskers. Yeah. Um, uh, one more question about, about Nebraska and what, you know, kind of what we'll know and when we'll know it. I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of questions, at least I have about, you know, there, you know, there's kind of six guys on the offensive line for five spots. And I'm curious about the rotation. I'm curious about if there might be some p- position changes from last year there. I'm curious about what the running back rotation is going to look like. I'm curious about kind of like that second line of wide receivers. Who's going to be in the mix for that? Is that all, are those all things that will probably won't really have answers to until toward the end of fall camp or even at the first game? Or do you think some of those will, will kind of develop with answers about those those top-line personnel questions maybe a little earlier this year? Oh, I think it's probably we're still a couple weeks away from kind of identifying some of that. I think we'll start getting feel for that so after some of the post-practice comments that we get in the coming weeks. But I think, you know, the coaches are going into this thing and getting ready to move into the dorms in a few days with an open mind mm-hmm. with a lot of these positions. And leaving it up to the players to determine who's going to be at the top of that depth chart. So I think it's there's some real fun battles that are going to take place in camp in the next two to three weeks. So I think we'll learn kind of slowly leak it out who's kind of maybe the second and third and fourth wide receivers who maybe grabs the lead at the running back spot. Those are, those are some fun little things to follow, I think, for all of us in the coming days. Yeah, I want to know if the coaches are going to stay up uh, playing Madden on the uh, Xbox with the with the guys. And I mean, I I think I know what happens after practice in those dorms, probably. And I don't mean anything nefarious. I mean a lot of video games, a lot of screwing around. Are the coaches going to have nose to the ground, or are we really going to have the dorm experience with the players? That's what I want to know after film coaches, study is over. <laughs> the coaches are moving in there too. How yeah. about that? And that I just think it's going to be so much fun to see some video of these guys. Oh my gosh. carrying their stuff in there the next few days. Oh, they'll be. They'll, the video department will get out, uh, every ounce out of that. I'm going to guess too. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah be great. Hey, I gotta, I gotta get your reaction then. And this day is going to be. I mean, outside of the Big Ten, you guys are. We're going to have news potentially breaking all over the world of college football. Um, so Colorado, it, it appears that the Big Twelve is looking at Colorado, and they've got in a Regents meeting to discuss some athletics type issues that's that's kind of all we know right now but it looks like the pieces are coming together perhaps for that to happen also rumors maybe about other pac-12 schools we have no com, com, uh, confirmation on that uh you're obviously very familiar with the big 12 working at nebraska and even prior to that being very familiar with the conference um and i get i guess number one how surprised are you to see the big 12 kind of there was a time right you know in that 20 2010 area, 2011 area, where I thought the Big 12 might be, you know, kaput at some point. And then there were a couple other times where I felt that way. If they pull this off and they get Colorado and maybe even more, how impressive of a turnaround is that for that conference? It's great. Speaks well to their leadership. Speaks well to their new commissioner. He's been really active in the 12 months that he's been on the job. I feel like I'm kind of in the hot tub time machine. You know, (laughs) here's Colorado as a member of the Big 12. Right. Right. What year are we in? Two thousand and eight. Right. Uh, just crazy. And have it to have it happen now. I mean, people are ready to 
get into football camps and all of a sudden and now it pops out last night. I when I saw the first report yesterday, I thought, Oh, come on, somebody's just looking for clicks in this deal. But yeah, it certainly seems like it's a real thing that there's confirmation that the Big Twelve CEOs, presidents, chancellors did vote last night to go ahead and accept Colorado. It sounds like Colorado's gonna make it official later today. So wow. it's just been it's just been really well, crazy. Why do you think the Big Twelve? I mean, I think I get why Colorado does it because the Pac-10's future is very unstable at this point, and they don't have the equity in the Pac-12 that you know Washington or Arizona State does, and and they don't have an in-state rival in the conference either, like Washington, Arizona, Oregon, all are dealing with that sort of a thing. But the other side of it, why does the Big Twelve go for Colorado? Does it is this feeling like maybe this becomes a package deal with more teams? Is it just, hey, we're grabbing Power 5 teams while they're out there? Why do you think the Big 12 wants to do this? Well, I think there's some, there's some attractiveness to having the Denver market uh, as a part of the Big 12 footprint. I think that's some value to that. Uh, I think then the history part of it, too. I mean, Colorado has some, some longtime history with the Kansas schools and yep. Oklahoma State and, and Iowa State. So I think there's some familiarity there. But I think the attractiveness of adding the Denver market into the fold is a win for the Big 12 conference. and. And people, I think, like going to Boulder. I think that's a great place to go visit. Sure. It's a beautiful area. And, you know, they've, they, they've had some history. They're down right now. But we all, I think most people feel like Dion's going to get them going eventually out there. So I think that there's some cachet about Colorado right now that kind of makes some sense for the Big 12. But they can't stop there, Jack. That gives them an awesome no. team. they got they got to go find one more somewhere. And there's, there's rumors about Oregon. I'm still having a hard time believing that. That just uh, – maybe I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before about these though, these things. I mean, if I'm Utah right now, I'm raising my hand to go to the Big 12, though, just because you just have no idea what the future is. And Utah, like Colorado, doesn't have that conference equity with the Pac-12. And if, right, you know, BYU is going to be over there, Colorado is going to be over there, that one makes a whole lot of sense, too. The Oregon thing, hard to believe, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a thing. Well, they would certainly be sticking out there kind of by themselves. Now, I know you've got BYU now in that league, so they're kind of out that way. But, right. you know, but maybe the, maybe the Big 12 is going, well, we kind of have Salt Lake City with BYU. Do we really need the Utes? Yeah, uh, that's maybe, true. Maybe they, go, maybe they go try to peel one of the Arizona schools Jeez. away from the Pac-12 and bring them into the mix. And, you know, Arizona, Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, certainly seems to have a lean toward basketball. Well, Arizona Uh, basketball is a powerhouse. That would be a nice little addition to that league. And, my goodness, would that be a a war zone league if you add Arizona basketball into the Big 12? Imagine going back 10 years ago and telling yourself, hey, uh, Arizona versus West Virginia is going to be a Big 12 game, potentially, in the future. <laughs> I mean, crazy. it's just crazy. Or 15 years ago, I suppose you would need to. All right, gr- time machine, I'm telling you. Yeah, it is hot tub time machine, exactly. All right, Greg, hey, thanks for giving us the in-person updates for Indianapolis. I know you're busy out there, so we'll let you go now. Uh, looking forward to hearing what happens today, and we'll be listening to what you say on Sports Nightly. Have a great one, all right? Sounds good, Jack. Thank you. There you go, Greg Sharp. Sports Nightly and Voice of the Big Red will wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, as we wrap things up, quick traffic note for Chris Lofton, time saver traffic, an alert for North 27th and I-80. So this is northbound 27th to the eastbound ramp. I believe this is on the eastbound ramp off of 27th eastbound I-80 ramp. Single motorcycle accident. That could be an issue out there if you're getting on the interstate out there and you know trying to get to Omaha or something like that. So be aware of that. All right. Tomorrow is Request Line Friday. And if you haven't heard yet, 
The theme is going to be audio air conditioning. I'm giving you some leeway with this theme. Some leeway, but not complete leeway. Just the song that is gonna that is gonna comfort you, that's gonna cool you off in the heat, whatever that means to you. If it's just a smooth, cool groove, if the lyrics are literally about that, or if it's just a song you like that's taking your mind off of the weather that's going on, that's what we're doing. Please don't send Christmas songs. Please don't send Christmas songs. I'll say it one more time. Please don't send Christmas songs. But beyond that, as long as we can play it on the air, and as long as it's not a Christmas song, send it in to us at 402-479-1400 on the text line, and we'll get it on the playlist for tomorrow. I will be DJing again. We'll have a lot of fun with Request Line Friday. All right, uh, coming up today, Dan Parsons with Doug Fitzgerald. Uh, Jason Ball is going to join the show. We will see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. From the Momo P.